This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WGR Sports Radio 550. We're definitely a dynamic team, but we do whatever it takes each week to win the game. And uh, one game it may, one week it may take running the ball, one week it may take completely just throwing the ball, and it may be a blend of it. So as an offense, we just have to prepare ourselves throughout the training camp days and challenge ourselves to be ready to do whatever it takes for us to win a game. I'm confident with Tyrod, for sure. A lot of people are still asking, is he still good? Is he? Like, he's real good. You know, he's real good. He throws the ball well. He controls the offense. You know, Tyrod, he's not really a, a vocal guy. You know, and that's something that I've picked up on. I've seen that he's actually been very vocal, you know, with the leadership. You know, I've seen demanding the respect in the huddle. You know, he's taking that approach now, where before it was like, all right, I'm just here. You know, now he's actually arrived, and, you know, he's our, he's our main guy. So it makes a difference in confidence. From Bill's standpoint, right now we're excited with the quarterback position we have right now. Again, but we will always keep our ears open and monitor the guys that get cut or that are on the trading block or that are out there free agents now. And if we deem it's necessary to bring a guy at any position in to help us get better, we'll do it. But at this point, we're standing pat. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, welcome into WGR Sports Radio 550. With me in studio here, Ryan Gates. We've got Brayton on the board this morning. We are coming live from in studio this morning. Matthew Collar will be along at 11. Uh, He'll be live at training camp from St. John Fisher College. Uh, it looks like there's going to be some rain, though, so I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to be in studio today opposed to being outside. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice change of pace, though, you know. I don't really mow my lawn or anything. Yeah. I, I rent, but I know my parents, they'll, they'll, they'll enjoy the rain. Their whole lawn is a dust bowl along with pretty much all of Western New York's unless if you actually water your lawn. Like, who does that, though? You guys are weird. Yeah, not me. Not me. But, uh, obviously, it's a big day today, opening day at St. John Fisher College. So, we've got, uh, I mean, anybody who you could want to possibly talk bills today. Uh, we'll have sale along here in uh, in just a couple moments. Uh, and then we've got Matthew Fairburn. He's from New York Upstate. He's the Bills beat reporter over there. Uh, and then that's going to be at 9.30. At 9.45, uh, we'll have Del Reed along. Uh, he's one of the creators of Bills Mafia. So we'll get uh, we'll get an update from Del and see what he's got going on uh, for the upcoming season. And we'll get his, uh, his thoughts on the training camp upcoming here. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about in a short period of time today. Uh, one, obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about training camp and what we're going to have sale come in and do here in just a minute on the AT&T hotline. Uh, We're going to have Sale set the stage here uh, as the players, I'm sure, are probably heading out to the field shortly. It's almost here. I mean, it basically is here. Um, What is it? 54 minutes until the official start of the first practice of training camp. And the weather kind of, it's like the end of summer training camp, and now it's kind of the weather. It's a little cooler today than it's been all summer, so... Yeah, it's it's like a an omen, summer, and you know what coming to an end. Isn't it fitting? It's going to rain because it hasn't rained all summer long. Right, the that's first day of Bill's training camp. That might not be unless if it's like a wedding day type of rain. You know where it's like ah, oh, it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day. Hopefully, it's good wow. luck if rained it rains. on my wedding day. Well, and look at you. 
pretty lucky, happy. Pretty guy. happy. Lucky guy. Yeah. I met. I actually. I, I met. I'm. <laughs> I met Brayton's wife last weekend at one of our teachers' going away parties. So I. It seems like you got you got it going on. So I. It's in a good omen. And All right, then, so we're going to say that this rain, if it does in fact rain, is lucky rain, though? I think it's definitely going to rain uh, from from a few of the you know Doppler radars that I saw. It looked like it was, it was definitely going to rain. All right, but let's head out to the AT&T hotline and bring Sale Capaccio, our Bills Beat reporter, in. Uh, Sale is out on the uh, on the job today in St. John Fisher. Sale, uh, how you doing? How's the weather out there looking right now? It's good. I don't know if we're going to be in line for rain today, guys. I know it is uh, back there. I just spoke with uh, my wife. She said it was raining over there. I know you guys were just talking about it, but I think we're going to be okay. Although, as I was walking past the equipment managers, they were they were talking about rain contingencies. So you never know, I guess, right? You never do know, especially Buffalo. Uh, but this summer has just been so dry, so hot. Uh, I, I definitely wasn't expecting to see rain on the first day of training camp. But Sal, when- I don't know if we'll get even if it happens today. I. I I don't think we would get it before noon. It just doesn't seem like that right now. But I'm not the weatherman, so I, I don't want to tell steer anybody wrong. And you do kind of we forgot kind of forget over here in Buffalo and Amherst that you know you guys are about an hour and a half away. So whatever we get first is going to be you know at least a, a few delayed uh, few delayed hours going over to Rochester. But Sale uh, setting the stage today. Uh, are the players headed out to the field for stretches, or, or what do we got going down there at St. John Fisher right now? Well, at 10 o'clock, that'll happen. Yeah, they'll, uh, okay. they'll head out at 10 o'clock. That's when everything gets going. They'll stretch. They'll do their individual work, and then they'll start doing all their teamwork. And, yeah, it'll be real football practice for once. Not OTAs, not mini camp. It's not uh, you know guys running around and not being able to touch each other or anything like that. We can actually start to uh, see some real football stuff happening. So uh, on the website, you've got, I mean, a number of articles up now. But uh, yesterday I saw a picture of you tweeting out Carlos Williams walking onto the field. Carlos will not be practicing. Uh, he is uh, on the no football illness list, correct? Non-football illness list? That's right. Uh, he was placed on that list, but it is still kind of related to right. him being um, out of shape, overweight. Uh, it, it's all connected. You know, I mean, he's not ready to play football yet. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, he wasn't the only one on that list. Marcel Darius is on that list, but uh, from what we were told yesterday, that doesn't. It's nothing serious, and uh, you know, he should be ready to go soon. Hopefully today, but we'll see. Uh, sometimes it's a one-day thing. Sometimes it's a couple-of-day thing. We'll see about that. Uh, I think the surprise one uh, was really Manny Lawson showing up in the non-football injury list. He hurt himself uh, before the. Uh, before doing a workout before camp, and he has to have an MRI, and they're going to get uh, more investigation done. But uh, Doug Whaley was hopeful that it was nothing serious. He was he was erring on the side of caution, so to speak. So you know we'll we'll make sure about that before we uh, see him. And then obviously you know that you have him and Shaq Lawson both playing that spot. So right now, guys, you're looking at probably a guy like Ik and Polly getting those reps there. And is it on the radar for the Bills to take a look at a possibly adding a veteran-type guy as a pass rusher to assist if Manny Lawson can't be back in a couple weeks, let's say? Would they be interested in adding a veteran guy to bring on this roster to compete for a depth position? I think only in the case, uh, Ryan, if they really, if this goes into any sort of, you know, week or two-week thing and even if they're worried if it goes past that. Because let's remember, they do have a lot of guys. It's a 90-man roster, you know I mean? So they have guys here because they have faith in those guys. And if they didn't have faith in those guys, they wouldn't be here, and they would have already gone out and signed them. Now, it's tricky. You could point right to a guy like Dwight Freeney. He is the guy who is out there right now. He's still a free agent. 
And if you want to bring somebody in, that's probably the number one guy you're going to target for what you just described. But, you know, with a guy like that comes a much a bigger salary, you know, as far as a veteran minimum. And then you're also talking about guaranteed salaries for guys who've been in the league as long as him once he's on the roster. So you have to be very careful about how you want to treat that. Uh, there's only so much space. There's only so much uh, you can do as far as roster massaging when it comes time for that. So I think that they have faith at least to see what the, some of the younger guys do. But as of right now, I, I think Manny Lawson hopefully is going to be okay and be here at some point, you know, relatively soon. But if it does drag out, considering that we know Shaq Lawson won't be, I do think that that would become an option if any of the guys on the, the field, Lorenzo Alexander, uh, IKM Polly, Eric Stryker, Cedric Reed, Randell Johnson, you could go down the list. If any of those guys, not one of them steps up, then I think that would become a possibility. Yeah, Sal, that was going to be my next question for you. A guy like Eric Stryker, uh, now you have him uh, on, on your article listed on WGR550.com. Uh, as an inside linebacker, and that's where uh, it seems like you and the coaching staffs uh, at least expects him to play to start camp. Uh, but do you see him maybe starting to take some reps at that outside pass rushing position? He played it in college. Uh, but to me, that seems like the natural progression if you're not going to go out and go sign a guy like Dwight Freeney, Greg Hardy, or uh, Croy Bierman, who the Bills actually brought in earlier in the offseason. So if they're not going to do that, do you see a guy like Stryker maybe getting more reps at a position they weren't originally expecting him to take reps at? Yeah, absolutely. And, and But the thing is, I think that they would love for these guys to really kind of learn one position, but they're going to have to learn both as they go down the row, but really to start camp because there's so much detail, there's so much verbiage, especially those rookies. Now, Randell Johnson, he's been here a few years, and Rex said he's going to learn both. He's going to learn outside, he's going to learn inside. He was, in, he was inside a lot of the OTAs and minicamp. But the good thing about that group, they're all versatile. You know, Lorenzo Alexander, here's a guy, think about this, he has played – Defensive line, outside linebacker, inside linebacker. He's played offensive line and tight end in his career. He can play anything. He's been a 10-year veteran. It's crazy what he's done. Uh, Eric Stryker, he could move him around. You know, he doesn't fit necessarily anywhere. He's kind of a tweener everywhere, but he can do all those things. You have Randall Johnson who can do those things. So you do have those types of players who can play. Jamari Lattimore might fit in that group as well. So I, I, I think that that's a possibility, but... I think the coaches would rather have a guy like Stryker, who is a rookie coming in here, learning a position before they start moving him to another position. And with this defense, the second year in Rex's system and all the players coming in, do you expect to see the veteran guys maybe, it was talked about yesterday, veteran guys maybe getting less reps. Would, do you think on the defensive side of the ball that pertains to them as well if they're still trying to really get this system down and make sure the communication is completely there? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tricky balance, Ryan, but he did indicate that yesterday, uh, Doug Whaley did, that you know the plan is with all these guys that uh, you know they want, especially the guys that are coming off injuries, things like that, Kyle Williams, uh, maybe Aaron Williams with his situation, guys like that, that you know they want to make sure they're ready for week one, but it's a delicate balance. You do have to make sure that that communication is there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those reps taper off. Remember, there is ninety guy, there are 90 guys out here until they go down to their first round of cuts in a couple of weeks. So you do have that ability at least to shuttle those guys, and you want to get a look at the at the younger guys but second year in the system per se I mean I know the system has changed a little bit but second year in the system they had an all off season I think at least it's in the back of their heads that you might want to give some of these guys taper them off a little bit the veterans don't bang on them too hard see what you got out of the young guys and then maybe right before the season get them back acclimated to getting ready for week one 
803-0550 is the number if you want to get any questions into Sale while he is there setting the stage at training camp. Uh, 888-550-2550 if you're out of the area. Sale, uh, another position battle that a lot of people have been talking about is that wide receiver two position, or three position, I mean, uh, behind Sammy Watkins, who right now won't be available, it seems like, for at least the first few practices, and Robert Woods. But to me, that running back two position seems to be the position I'm most looking at here. Um, you know, obviously there's Mike Gillisley, who had at times last year uh, a couple of really good games and a, re- a couple of really good series with this offense. Uh, but who are you looking at at that second running back position to be maybe a wild card guy? Uh, or, or is it going to stand pat and you think it's Mike Gillisley? There's no doubts there. Well, there's no doubt when you go into camp, I think it's going to be Mike Gillisley. He's the guy that's going to be the number two back, you know, from day one, I think, getting reps. I would expect that today. I'd be surprised if he's not the guy. From there, I think anything can happen. The door is certainly wide open, and they're all going to get their shot. You know, Jonathan Williams may have had a DWI, but Jonathan Williams is not – that doesn't affect what he does out here. He's still going to be here. He's still going to get his reps, and that, and most likely he will not also, you know, at this point face any discipline from the league for this year because they're still going through their investigation, and what happened was relatively recently. So I think that, you know, he's still in the mix here. But James Wilder Jr. is a very, very intriguing person. Uh, he's a guy that is a very physical runner. He's a lot like Carlos Williams in that regard. One cut, downhill. He's not going to give you a ton of wiggle, uh, but you know he's going to run hard, and you know he's going to be in the mix there. And they do have a guy like Boom Heron who has been here who at least knows what Greg Roman wants. It'll give him as much of a chance. So it will be really interesting. Now, there's still that stuff with Reggie Bush out there, and I wouldn't discount them bringing him or another back in here considering their situation. I think it's Mike Gillisley from day one, but that door is certainly open for someone to take that job from him. And with Carlos Williams, he's coming in and he's, as you said, not ready to play football, but he had such a great rookie season, scores nine touchdowns, and then all the offseason stuff happens. It was reported by Mike Rodak that he's not a lock to make this roster. Uh, Where are you with him? Do you think he is a guy that, when he does get back on the football field, really has to prove himself or he might not even be on this team when season comes around? I do. I do. I I think that uh, we're looking at a guy here who, uh, you know, obviously there's disappointment in him from the coaching staff from the front office but you know that said that they 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 know he's a young guy and you know he's learning how to be a professional right now and look I think what happened here guys is really simple to me here's a kid that came in and had a lot of success and thought that this is just this easy I'm I'm gonna have success every year I just need to show up and this is who I am and this is who I'm gonna be that's not the case. You got to come out here. You got to work. You got to be professional. You got to do things right on and off the field. Take care of your body the right way. And every single year, there are people trying to take your job. Well, now he's learning that the hard way. And hopefully for him, for his sake, it's not too late because I think he is a very talented football player. But considering the roster they have, considering the question marks that this organization has about his health, his decision making, let's remember he had concussions last year. He had concussions going back to college, all that kind of stuff. It all plays in here. Considering all of that, I would absolutely say he is not a lock to make this team but he also let's remember there's no reason to cut him right now because I mean they could do that and they could say let's just rid our hands of him but guys he doesn't count on the 53-man roster for the first four weeks he's an extra guy so you don't have to cut him to save a roster spot you can wait see how he is and then week five you can make your decision ultimately on them and I think that would be the smarter more prudent way to go they don't have to rush even if they feel that he's not ready to be an NFL football player anymore he didn't take those steps or he's not ready for this team I think you can wait on this Wait till he you know comes from that back eligible. Then when you have that decision to make, then you make it. We're live with Sal Capaccio. He's out at St. John Fisher College. He'll be there 
All throughout training camp, you'll have updates for you on WGR550.com along with all of our shows all day long throughout training camp. We're going to head out onto the phones right now. we got uh, Brad in St. Catharines. Brad, you're on the air with WGR. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. So i got to ask you, I, I don't get taking a pass rusher in the first round of the draft, especially when you don't, you don't know if he's going to play. I, can you explain to me why they didn't take a wide receiver or, or possibly a lineman? Yes, because... They felt that, A, that with Rex Ryan's defense and the changes and losing Mario Williams, uh, they needed to replenish that position on the field. B, wide receiver. A wide receiver is not going to get a lot of targets on this team. You have Sammy Watkins and you have Charles Clay and Robert Woods, and beyond that, even if you got a guy that's going to fight, even push a rookie for number two, which I think would be hard to do, you're not. he's not going to make that much of an impact. He's not going to really have uh, the opportunities. This was the most run-heavy offense in the league last year. They ran the ball more than they passed it, more than any other team as far as percentage-wise. So, yes, as nice as it would be to have that second you know, good wide receiver option, I wouldn't see him beating out Robert Woods right now as a rookie, whoever that would be, and that would person would get limited opportunities. Now, as far as the Shaq you know, being injured, I, I think it's a fair debate to have, but, you know, the draft isn't about 2016. It's never about that year. This wasn't a top 10 pick. This was a number 19 pick. And yes, I think it's a fair criticism for anybody. I'm not defending. It's a fair criticism for anybody to say, well, you should have gone with somebody who was not you know, possibly going to miss part of the season. I get that. But I'll also tell you that he's under contract for four years and possibly five. And if he misses six games and comes back and plays like the player you think you got when you drafted him, then I think they'll sacrifice those first six games or whatever he misses for his, you know, to start his NFL career. All right, thanks, man. Fair enough. You're welcome. All right, thanks, Brad, for the call there. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting point to continue bringing up, Sal, is, is a lot of fans are, are sort of confused um, as to why the Bills didn't take one of those top receivers available. There were a lot of them in the draft, but as you mentioned, I think it's important to note the you know Mario Williams no longer being with the team and where they wanted to go in replenishing that front seven, even though you still have guys like you know Marcel Darius and Jerry Hughes, who you paid a lot of money to. But, but now you're looking at that other defensive end or pass rushing position, and, and now you look at it with a guy like I.K. and Apali, who's going to most likely get those first team reps in camp. You know, it, you can definitely see where Doug Whaley's head was, but ultimately, I don't really think that it was let's take a defensive end or let's take a pass rusher over a wide receiver. It's we value this guy. We think that he's one of the best players in the draft, and we had him, you know, ranked as a top 10 player, and he fell to us here more than it, it is. We need, we need. It was more of a, this guy is one of the best players in the draft. We need, we can't draft for need. And Whaley said that multiple times, that this isn't, to be in a position to win, you can never draft for need. You have to draft the best guy available. And ultimately, that's what I think happened there. And I don't think it was more or less about one position over another. I think it was about drafting the best guy that was still available on their big board. I agree with you. That's their philosophy, Nate. I mean, that's what they do. They draft the best player on their board, and he was. He, I, I will tell you, for I know this for sure, that he was uh, ranked among the top, I believe, 12 it was. Now, if I go back and remember, he, top 12 on their board. They were picking 19th. And, <clears throat> excuse me, so they wound up taking the best player on their board. And, yes, I mean, I look, we all know that they did know that there was an issue. They were hoping to get... You passed it. I don't think they handled it right after they drafted him by telling everybody there was no issue. I think that that's blown up in their face now, and they should have gone out in front of it. The, the better thing for them to do should have been, after the draft, to sit in front of the media and say, look, we drafted a guy that has a shoulder issue. We're going to try and get through it with him. We think we can, and if not, we'll take care of it, and then he's going to be good to go for the rest of his career. Now, they still would have had criticism, but the blowback after 
how it turned out would have been much less than what it is now. And I think that's would have been the way to do it. Now, let's also remember, they took another really good front seven player with their second round pick, who many thought could have been a first round pick in Reggie Raglan. So, you know, they wound up taking and getting two very good front seven players uh, right away in the draft and guys that they had near the top of their board, and it worked out pretty well for them. I, the Bills' offense did not lose a lot. They lost four players off their active roster from last year. One of them was Chris Hogan. He's not the number two wide receiver necessarily, but yes, it wound up you know, hurting you in that spot, losing him and knowing what you know and knowing what you have. But the way that this offense works... They just they didn't just didn't prioritize that position to make it really a, a very big you know like I said a priority and they have guys here who have done some things in this league now they're not world beaters I get that I know that they would be the first to tell you that but Greg Little Jarrett Boykin Leonard Hankerson those guys have all been in this league and have done some decent things and I think that they're hoping that out of that group plus Des Lewis plus Marvin or Marquise Goodwin who's here from day one out of the, plus Colby Listenby out of that whole group. They're hoping that at least one of those guys just steps up and becomes your number three guy. And, Sal, before we let you go here, training camp practice about, you know, a half hour away at this point. What's your favorite part about training camp? You're, you're up there every year. What's your favorite part about it? Do you get to, like, go out? Do the, do the players go out? And we heard uh, Ed Reed <laughs> was singing karaoke the other night. Do you get to go out and, like, see the players and see them loosen up a little bit? Um. Well... <sighs> They are out once in a while. You may see them here or there. I'll see coaches out a little bit more often. They have they don't have to get up in the morning and put their body on the line and go through right. all the physical things, right? But you know they do go out. They do have lives, but they're they're they have curfews too. You know, and they have to be in their dorms and they have to study and they have meetings and things like that. So it's not like that. It's not like it's not college life. It's camp life. It's not college life necessarily for them. It is for a lot of us. I went to the Red Wings game last night. Now that was pretty cool from our man with our man uh, Duffy oh, out Duffy. here at oh, uh, CMF. We know, we know yeah, about so, Duffy. So I can do that. You know, I can have fun like that. I can stroll in back at my dorm whatever time, but those guys need to be getting ready for practice. So it's not like that. You know what I love about, um, about you know, first of all, let me say this. The part about camp, the, why you have a camp, though, with guys that are in dorms and things like that, it really is. You guys have been through this uh, in your lives. When you get together with a whole group of people like that, you, you have to come together. You have to bond. You have to talk with each other. You have to learn about each other. I think you have to create a very good culture of uh, you know, knowing each other, caring about each other, and moving forward together. And I think that really helps when you do something like this. And I'm a, I'm a believer in that, and that's why you have these guys cooped up. And it's kind of an us-against-the-world mentality. We hate the coaches. They're doing it all to this. Let's band together. You learn about each other. It helps each other. From a football perspective, look, I'm a football guy through and through I love watching football practice that's what it comes down to for me now I'm more about the games those mean more to me they're more exciting to me but I love watching just people you know do what they do at at such a spectacular level and compete for jobs and things like that I can go watch a drill and because of my background and things that I've done in my life I can watch a drill and I can understand what's going on there maybe what the purpose is and I think that helps me more than it might help an untrained eye and I think that that that's where I get my satisfaction from watching football practice out here you know 10 to 12 on a Saturday afternoon Sale, before I let you go, I have to ask you because it seems to be in the news lately, and I know you're a football guy, but you do like your Yankees. So I have to ask, they've already traded Chapman. They're talking about maybe trading Andrew Miller. What's this I hear that they could potentially be going after Chris Sale? Is that something that makes sense for you Yankee fans, even though they seem to be selling, but they might be buying one of the best pitchers in the league? Uh, the price for Chris Sale seems to be so outrageous that I can't even fathom that right I mean what are they going to do you they're not in a position they should do that but they're the Yankees and look at 
I I mean, maybe I would be I could be wrong here, but I can't believe Brian Cashman would want to do that. I think that's got to be Hal, right? Hal is the guy that says, "Just get me the best player." I'm the Yankees. I need to do what my dad used to do. Well, that's not the era that we live in with Yankee baseball anymore. They should be to me. They should be selling. And they should be right now. Now's the time to get rid of Miller. Now's the time to sell Beltron. You know what? I love what he's done for the Yankees the year he's had, but he's going to give you a nice return for a team that needs him in the playoffs. And uh, they think they could stockpile something to be pretty good in 2017 and beyond, I think. All right, Sal, thanks so much for coming on this morning. Uh, we uh, Fans can listen in. I'm sure you'll be in all week in the morning and afternoon shows. Plus, you'll have uh, web content up the yin-yang uh, for the next two or three weeks. So thanks for all that you do down there, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, I'm going to watch the Ying Yang right now, guys. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. And Matt Collar will be on later, and uh, he'll have, I think, Richie on today, and he'll be live from here, and I'll be joining him as well. Perfect. Sal Capaccio there, uh, WGR Bills beat reporter. He will be on site all week, uh, not only all week, but all month as the Bills continue on. Uh, Sal's off vacation, guys. He's officially off vacation. That's He's back to work. We're putting him back to work now. He's, He's in the position we want him, working man. A working man, that's right. Next uh, we'll have Matthew Fairburn. He's from New York Upstate. He's the Bills beat reporter up uh, upstate New York in Syracuse. Uh, so we'll have him on. He's going to be just like uh, just like Sal. He'll be at training camp all week and I'm sure all month. Um, so we'll get him on next. If you have any more phone calls, 8030550888552550 are the numbers to call. If you want to get any questions in on Matthew, uh, he'll be there as well. So for uh, Ryan Gates, I'm Nate Geary. Uh, more uh, on WGR coming up next. Practice starts tomorrow. Training camp uh, officially started today. My mindset has still been focused on the things that I can control. Um, I understand that I'm on, under contract for this year. And if something works out, something happens, then, I mean, I'm all for it. But if not, my focus, uh, my dedication, my preparation is not going to change one way or the other. I'm here to help this team win football games. Bill's quarterback, Tyrod Taylor there. Coming into his second full season... Yes. Ryan, I'm excited to not have to watch EJ Manuel throw a ball into the media tent as the first string I mean, quarterback. Who's, oh, okay, as the first string quarterback. Yeah. I was going no, to who's to say, who's to say that, that it can't happen? It'll still probably happen. No, but it, it'll just be nice to not have to. Con- it, you don't I, have to consider him a, a starting quarterback candidate. Right. And, and coming Matt from. Castle. Coming from someone. Oh, God damn it. You know, coming from a position that is. I've played quarterback my whole life, you know, and and I'm coming from a position where I know how difficult it is to get any sort of just momentum, consistency when you've got a guy who you're competing with taking your reps. And when you've got three guys, Matt Castle and EJ Manuel, each taking reps away from you, now it's not only a mental thing. It really is. A, it's a physical thing. It's difficult for you to get into that groove, especially when you've got injuries to key guys like Sammy Watkins was in and out of camp last year. So it, it's a very difficult thing uh, to, to kind of get that momentum you need to be successful. So it, it's, to me, it was a little, a little bit more impressive to see Tyrod come out the way he did to start last season. Um, and be as successful and be as really kind of consistent as he was in those first couple weeks. Yeah, it, Tyrod really came out and impressed last season, and it's now take the next step, Tyrod. You've got the whole off season. You are the guy. Everyone's talking about how you are the guy. You want to be the guy. So uh, let's do it. Let's have you be the guy. Speaking of let's do it, let's bring on Matthew Fairburn here from uh, New York Upstate uh, on the AT&T Hotline. Matthew, how you doing this morning, buddy? 
I'm um, doing well. First day of football. Can't complain. Yeah, no, I hear that. We're uh, we're in the in the lovely confines of the studio. You are out at training camp uh, for you know how long? How long are you out there for? I'll be out here every day. So um, I'm out here right now. Fans are starting to pile in, and special teams guys have taken the field. So it's uh, yeah, I'll be out here. Anytime they're practicing, I'll be here. Nice. So you're, uh, the grind starts for you now, uh, and you'll be going right into the season. But uh, for you, Matthew, you know you were there last year. You, you got to see the quarterback competition. Uh, what is it going to be like for you, and maybe for fans uh, this year, seeing a guy who has taken over as, I think, the un, unheralded, un, you know, contested starter this year, you know what is what do you think the differences are going to be the feel of the offense this year not having that three-way quarterback competition at the top Yeah, you know, I think, you know, for the first time since I've covered this team, you know, they have a a solid quarterback situation heading into training camp and you know, you have a reasonable level of confidence that this is going to be the guy that is on the field week 1 when they take on the Ravens and you know, that's a nice feeling to have because instead of, you know, having your eyes go to both sides of the field, watching all three quarterbacks, trying to figure out which one is separating himself, you know, you can you can start to see how the offense is coming together. You can start to see Tyrod Taylor develop chemistry with guys like Charles Clay and Robert Woods with Sammy Watkins, you know, starting training camp on the physically unable to perform list. But you, you start to get a sense of what the offense is going to look like, and you really didn't get a sense of that too much at all in training camp last year because they were rotating quarterbacks and it wasn't until just before the season that you saw, you know, what the offense would look like. So I think, you know, that's going to be the main difference. And just from a a purely watching practice, you know, standpoint, they're not going to split the field up like they did last year, you know, because they were trying to maximize the amount of reps. Now Tyrod Taylor gets all the reps. They're going to, you know, they don't have to do, you know, even set up practice the way they did a year ago. So it's going to look a lot different, and it's uh, definitely a welcome change for this team. And continuity has been a huge buzzword for this team since the season ended. It's all Kim Pagula came on uh, the other day with John Murphy was talking about how important continuity was, and Doug Whaley has been preaching it since the end of the season. And one of the uh, factors is the continuity between Tyrod Taylor and Greg Roman and all the offensive players it's pretty much the same offense coming back there's not a lot of variation there so do you think going into the second season Greg Roman can change his system a little bit to fit Tyrod Taylor even more now that he knows that Tyrod is the quarterback and this offense could possibly even take a further step forward this season absolutely I think you know last year they didn't really know exactly what they had in Tyrod Taylor they didn't know necessarily what to expect. They didn't know what he could do well, what he couldn't do well. I mean, they had an idea, but until you see him out there in live NFL action, you really don't know. And I think a lot of for a lot of last year, you know, there were things that Tyrod Taylor wasn't asked to do because it was his first year as a starter and because there was so much unknown. But, you know, heading into this year, I would expect Greg Roman to open things up for Tyrod Taylor quite a bit more and, and maybe even open things up for Sammy Watkins even more. You saw a little bit of that towards the end of last season, but I think, you know, like you mentioned, with that continuity, I think that's what comes with it, a little bit more trust uh, and opening up that playbook a little bit. And let's face it, the Bills have to decide if Tyrod Taylor is going to be the long-term answer at quarterback, and that will require a pretty significant financial investment. And if you're going to make that type of investment, you want to see everything this guy can do 
you want to throw everything at him and see what he can handle and what he can't handle to make sure he's worth that contract. So I would expect the offense to open up a little bit, and I think Tyrod Taylor is probably ready for that. I think he there was probably times last year where he wishes he could have done a bit more, and I think you know you'll see the passing game open up and. Once they all get healthy, you know, that's the main thing. Uh, maybe this offense, at least the passing offense, can take another step forward. We've got Matthew Fairburn here from the New York Upstate. He's on the Bills beat over there on Twitter, at Matthew Fairburn. Uh, 888-550-2550, 803-0550. If you have any training camp questions for Matthew, we'll take your calls here. Uh, Matthew, we talked a little bit uh, about the running back situation and the second guy up uh, with, with Sal Capaccio last segment. So what I want to talk to you about is the other battle on offense, and that's the wide receiver number three position right behind Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. In your mind, uh, from what you've seen in OTAs and some of the offseason training, who is a guy to you that will be the guy that sticks on that number three spot uh, or, or maybe a guy that not a lot of people have heard of that you saw stand out amongst some of the others during OTAs? Yeah, you know, I think Des Lewis gave himself a nice upper hand with the way that he performed during the spring. He was, you know, getting a lot of separation, making a lot of plays down near the end zone. And, you know, he, he provides a size element that this offense doesn't really have at wide receiver right now. So, you know, he had a nice spring, but training camp was rough on him last year during his rookie year. So I kind of want to see him carry that over to when, you know, the pads come on and they start to play preseason games. I think you'll get a much better idea of the type of receiver that he can be uh, once we see that. But, you know, I think he's, he's not going to be able to walk into that spot uncontested because, you know, Leonard Hankerson had a really nice spring. He's a guy that, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about. He runs pretty smooth routes. He's been in the league quite a while and he's been productive. Greg Little's another guy with a lot of talent who can who can block very well and I think that's important, you know, with this being such a run heavy offense and I wouldn't rule out Greg Salas because he is so comfortable out of the slot and that's predominantly what you'll be asking that number three receiver to do. And you know, the other guy that's that's hanging around and he's he's gonna be here uh until the coaching staff decides you know, the injuries are too much, but Marquise Goodwin, uh, you know, he didn't qualify for the Olympics. So he'll be out here, and he's, he's hungry. He's competing for that spot as well. So he has that speed element that really nobody, not many guys in the league have. He has world-class speed, and if he can stay healthy and stay on the field this camp, I think he has a shot to win that job. So a lot of names, and it's going to be really one of the, the biggest positional battles to watch during camp. That voice you're hearing, Matthew Fairburn, Buffalo Bills beat writer for New York Upstate. And Matthew, uh, Shady McCoy coming in this year, he talked about his offseason and how the incident in Philadelphia, the bar fight, kind of made him maybe look at his career a little more seriously. And he's coming into a camp at his lowest weight since his second year in the season. Last year he was battling injuries all year long. So what is this training camp going to be all about for McCoy? I know he might not get as many reps because they want him to be in top shape for the season. So what do you expect to see from McCoy during this extended training camp? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing with LaShawn McCoy. is He's probably going to be limited somewhat in what he does during preseason games and during training camp because for him it's going to be all about managing his body and making sure he is 100% healthy when the Bills play the Ravens in week one because you know the injuries for him started in training camp last year 
uh, and they kind of lingered into the season, and he never really got 100% healthy. But when he was healthy, he was playing really well, and I think he still has one or two more really productive years left in him if, if he can stay on the field and if they you know, can find a, a capable number two to you know, take some of the pressure off him. I, I think it could be a big year for LaShawn McCoy. He seems serious about proving people wrong, you know, maybe even more so than uh, all the stuff that happened off the field. I, I think more than anything, LaShawn McCoy knows that, you know, the production he had last year didn't live up to what he was supposed to be, and he takes that pretty seriously, and uh, he cares about, you know, how he's perceived around the league uh, in comparison to other running backs. So if he can stay on the field, I expect him to be, you know, the focal point of this offense and really, you know, have one of his most productive years, um, you know, over the last few this year because uh, he's running out of time really to prove people wrong. And, and there's no better time than now with this offensive line back healthy and, and intact. I think the stars are aligning for him. Matthew, thank you very much for hopping on this morning with me. Let's uh, let's definitely link back up some point here during training camp and uh, you know relive, rehash this a little bit and see where we are a week or so down the line. All right, buddy? Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Enjoy. Uh, Matthew Fairburn there from New York Upstate. He's the Bills Beat reporter up there. You can follow him on Twitter at Matthew Fairburn. So talked a little bit of Tyrod there, talked some LaShawn McCoy, uh, which I think is an important guy to bring up uh, when we're talking about the Bills because I think it's weird to say this, but LaShawn McCoy is kind of the, that dark horse this year. He's the total unknown. If he is as good as he was in Philadelphia this year and he can kind of take a step forward after having, I, I don't want to say a down year, but he was just injured a lot last year. I mean, who knows what this team could be capable of if he's back to form. Well, it's funny, right, because the Buffalo Bills were the number one rushing offense And you felt year, like they didn't get a lot out of it. And he only ran for yeah. 895 yards. And that just tells you guys like Mike Gillisley and, and some of these guys that had to come in at even— even a guy like Sierra Wood, who had to come in at, at points last year, did a fine job in their place. And I think that's really an indictment of how good the offensive line has been for this team. Not to mention, I think another black horse guy could be Chantrell Henderson at that right tackle spot. If he's healthy and can be better than he was at the beginning of last year, he's a total you know, unknown at that right tackle position. And, and for being as good as they were with that right tackle position so in flux last year, uh, you really have to be excited about that that all right up next we'll have del reed uh from the bills mafia and 26shirts.com so we'll have him up next we'll have him uh preview us a little bit more of this training camp and see what the bills mafia has got planned for the upcoming season so we'll have del reed on next here on wgr As you heard there, that was John Murphy on the uh, on the sound there. John is now twelve to three weekdays on WGR. Jim Rome moved over to ESPN fifteen twenty, leaving my good friend here Ryan Gates on from seven to nine every weeknight on the nightcap. So if you're doing whatever you got to do, put the radio on and listen to Ryan. Uh, it's hey, a good good time. I say you pour a drink. It's the end of the it's, work it is day, a nightcap and it's the nightcap. Pour a drink, sit back, relax, and I'll bring you. Uh, all the highlights from a long day of Buffalo sports, especially with training camp all around. There's a lot to listen to. A lot to listen to. But let's bring in Del Reed right now from the Bills Mafia. Del, how you doing this morning, buddy? 
going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we wanted to get you on because I wanted to get some thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on training camp, but I also wanted to know what uh, the Bills Mafia and 26 shirts had upcoming this year for the upcoming season. But first, how excited are you to have football back, man? Oh, I, I'm I, like everybody else. I'm thrilled. I, I'm, so, I'm so excited. I, I was. I think I put out a tweet this morning. I said this is my favorite time of the year until they start actually like winning or even playing meaningful games in January. Like camp is the best. So it, it feels good. You know, we're going to be. I'm going to be heading out there a few times this year, and you know, we've got you know preseason games, and we finally have like real games at the Ralph. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited it's back. Do you do anything for training camp, the Bills Mafia? Do they have anything set up in Rochester where they can go out somewhere and meet up for a night or something? There's a lot going on with training camp around. So you guys, do you have anything going on for night practices or anything like that in Rochester? Uh, nothing official, but we've done a couple in, uh, in the past, like little like tweet-ups or whatever, like afterwards or beforehand. Nothing like really big. Uh, we may do something like that this year. It's always last second when we do it, you know, because everybody's schedules are crazy, but nothing really official. I'll be there a couple of times this year uh, volunteering with Hunter's Hope. So if anybody's heading out there, stop at the table and uh, come over and say hello. Absolutely. Del Reed here from Bill's Mafia. Del, uh, to you, uh, you're, you said you're going to be headed down to training camp doing some volunteer work up there, but uh, you'll undoubtedly be watching some practice. To you, what uh, what are you looking out for this year? Is there a certain battle? Is there you going to be paying attention to Tyrod? Like, what, what's your go-to position battle that you're going to be uh, paying attention to this year? Uh, yeah, well, I'll absolutely be, be looking at Tyrod. I think everybody's going to be looking at Tyrod you know, in training camp and throughout the season to see if last year was some kind of anomaly, but um, yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see how the D line uh, comes together, especially now that they, you know, Mario Williams is now a Dolphin, and you know they, they drafted Shaq Lawson, who is you know not he doesn't have a very busy summer ahead of him in terms of on the practice field. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. I know they're talking about like I K and Polly possibly starting now, so that's kind of what interests me the most. All right, Dell. Let's let's hear your pitch here. So you've got this twenty-one t-shirts, uh, this thing going on, or twenty-six t-shirts. I'm sorry, it's twenty-one. Twenty-six t-shirts going on. Uh, what do you guys got going on this year, as far as uh, you know, any promos and any cool stuff you guys got planned for the upcoming season? I know it's early, uh, but I'm sure you guys got some cool stuff going on. Yeah, twenty-six shirts. We have uh, you know some really cool designs on deck. I really, I can't tell you what they are because part of the fun of all that is the surprise factor because they're all limited editions but oh come on uh, you're our some... insider Dell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh we have so well i'll say one thing we do have something uh queued up for monday which i think people are going to love i love it you know we've worked with new era um recently on uh, several designs so there's gonna be a new era angle to it as nice. well um and it has a very uh well we've teamed up with oogie games uh for this one for a special promotion uh, it's not football related. It's um, another really popular sport in Western New York related, but yeah. So we got some fun stuff coming up. Interesting. Uh, That's cryptic. Yeah. See, I like what you're doing there. You're, you're, <laughs> you're. That, people in the radio business can't even tease that well. So that was. That's a good tease right there, Dell. Thank you. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, listen, uh, tell people where we can go to uh, go get T-shirts, go get whatever we need from Bill's Mafia and from Twenty Six Shirts. Yeah, well, check out the you know the Bills Mafia. We're actually a five hundred one c three foundation called Buffalo Fanbase. That's really uh, what grew out of all of this. So go to buffalofanbase.org. We've got some great bloggers sharing insights and, and stuff going on there. You'll find all the announcements you're looking for. And then twenty six shirts dot com is something I do separately, which is a different 
sports-related T-shirt every two weeks, eight bucks from everyone we sell. We donate to a local family or charity, so check that out as well. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Dell. Thanks for coming on with me, buddy, and uh, enjoy camp, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? I appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, buddy. Del Reed there from Bill's Mafia and from 26shirts.com. So uh, he he did a great job teasing that. I'm going to have to pay attention to what these new era shirts are yeah, coming I'm out. Yeah, I'm assuming by what he means with another sport that's big in Buffalo, I'm assuming he means probably cricket. It's It's got to be. Or indoor soccer. Bowling's, the blizzard. bowling's a big hit around here. Bowling, I'm thinking he brings back a blizzard shirt. Uh, that, that might be, be actually huge. That would be pretty sweet if I if I could say so myself. A quick note, uh, Sal Capaccio just tweeting this out. Kyle Williams is out on the field with a Good jersey and a helmet, so it sounds like he will be fully practicing to today. That's good to hear, and we're going to hope that Kyle stays healthy throughout the rest of this year. You saw a noticeable difference when he was out of the lineup last year. Um, I think that Marcel Darius is not necessarily all of his success, but a good number of his success uh, will hinge on whether or not Kyle Williams can be beside him and be successful. And it's going to be nice because Kyle Williams will have more of a rotational role this year. He won't be the guy that's being relied on so heavily with Adolphus Washington coming in and Darius, and he'll be playing probably the other side, but then you've got those other rotational guys coming in as well all right so we're back to two hours next week we will have i'm sure live updates from sal at training camp we'll also work on getting some other people from training camp in on as well uh so for my guests sal capaccio earlier matthew fairburn and del reed thank you very much for coming on with me uh ryan gates thanks very much sir and again you can hear ryan every weeknight monday through friday seven to nine the nightcap here on wgr so make sure you tune in and check ryan out there brayton thanks as always for being on the board this morning uh we can uh, do this all again next week, except it'll be 8 a.m. next week. So uh, so Ugh. tune in early. <laughs> oh, I was right, but we turn in early next week. We'll have a nice two-hour uh, episode here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.